Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ed Carbajal. Weekly, we are brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. Check out AllAccessMMA.com for our video podcast, MMA stories, and MMA news. Ed, got something to plug? Why don't you uh, tell Mm -hmm. the fans uh, and the listeners uh, what you got? Yeah, it's actually, um, so you guys get some fighter content on this week's podcast. First of all, apologies again for being away uh, last week, but as I said, week prior, you know, I had uh, the, uh, the the daytime app job had, had kept me busy enough to that I could wasn't able to record, but I was able to do with my other work that I do with Spectation Sports. For you folks that are already crying about no UFC this weekend, Cage Titans 59 is this weekend. Heavyweight main event for the vacant title, Raz Hilton versus Brendan Battles. I got to speak with both men. Um, I interviewed them both for Spectation Sports. I literally just finished the piece. I'm going to fire it off after we finish this re- recording this podcast. But, you know, those interviews, I do them over the phone. They're audio. And I'm going to add the audio of my – my. I should probably do both, but then it's going to be over an hour. And, I, and you know, um, uh, I, I did speak with Hilton before I spoke with Battles because he got back to me first. And I had a 25-minute conversation with Raz Hilton for folks that, if you don't know the name, um, during COVID, he was the heavyweight fighter that Bellator kind of pulled in when they just needed to, to put people in a cage. And um, he fought. He was like the underdog. They called him the 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 uh, Sham, uh, Rasquatch Shamrock Sasquatch or something like that. I forget what his nickname was. It's slipping my mind right now. But the only because it's slipping my mind is because He's a Shotokan karate uh, martial artist, and he he started talking about like his passion for traditional martial arts. And you guys know me and Matt love stuff like that. I mean, his his of all, usually when you talk to a fighter, like what do you expect to happen if you win a title and stuff like that? You know, the call from the UFC belt or whatever. He wants to fight bare knuckle MMA because that's what he believes is true to to his love for Shotokan karate. So I just literally. Most interviews I do, you guys have seen them. They're like 10 minutes. I wound up talking 25 minutes with this guy. And he's actually agreed to come on the podcast in the future. So if he wins, you know, we could be talking to the Cage Titans heavyweight champion uh, on this podcast. However, his opponent, Brendan Battles, is also a, a solid dude, too. Um, the The matchup is definitely um, one you don't want to miss. So, again, it's it's on Spectation Sports. If you sign up to watch it, Use my code CARBASIL, which is my Twitter handle on the bottom here. Um, you get 20% off your, your first month or your annual subscription, and you will have some fights to watch this weekend instead of crying about no UFC. So uh, the audio of that interview will follow this podcast just so for you, uh, with, with Hilton. So uh, I just wanted to plug that really quick before we start talking about the news that we missed while we were away. Yes. Uh I guess the big news we, you know, the biggest news was speaking of heavyweights. Yeah. yeah, Speaking of heavyweights, the best heavyweight in the world uh, is now under the banner of PFL, the professional fighters league. Um, Francis Ngannou uh, free agent uh, tested the waters a lot. uh, Was having trouble. A lot of people were kind of starting to bad mouth him and out of the blue, we wake up uh, one day last week and, Suddenly, he looks like he got a great contract for himself, mm-hmm. uh, great contract for his opponents when he does fight, yeah, and um, some flexibility and and stuff for a uh, you know a fighter that's thirty six years old and and uh, you know the linear heavyweight champion of the world, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna try to keep this as positive as we can because really it's it comes down to UFC versus Ninganu is mm-hmm. is kind of how the the this has played out. Um, anybody that's ever listened to me and, and you, I think would agree that for the most part, while we support the UFC and we're huge fans of, of the sport itself and, and we acknowledge uh, all the great things they did. Um, I think we take the fighter side when it comes to uh, negotiations and uh, really being able to step up and, and uh, stand up for yourself. And, mm-hmm. and uh, we've, we've kind of always acknowledged the fighters, Fedor's, the, the guys who are willing to kind of put their neck on the line, not necessarily, you know, uh, you know, kiss the boots of the UFC and, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and be able to be successful uh, while doing that um, the cyborgs and, and such like that, that, you know, 
Mighty you know, Mouse. Mighty Mouse. The people yeah. that are willing to put their feet down and, and do it in other places. So, you know, uh, as far as unpacking, uh, you know, the whole situation, how surprised were you it ended up being PFL? I mean, every all signs were pointing to that as 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 you heard about everything else not falling going following through. You know, like you know when conversations went too long. I mean, personally, if, I mean, I, and this is me just being a Jersey asshole, but like you know, I always get to the point like you know just fucking say something or do nothing. Like I I start to lose interest. You know, that's just how sports is. I mean, you know, people are think about your your most recent fight. As a as the measuring stick, so if you're not fighting, I start I start to care less as far as the news goes. Not not that I don't care about you know what they're going through, or whatever. But um, yeah, when it when it when it, the news came out, I was just like okay. And then when the details came out, the funny thing about the details is that um, I kind of there 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 are things, and I know a lot of it is um fighter bashing and and you know, pr- promoter puff up by from Dana White. But there are things that he said that kind of make me put a question mark on. I mean, only time's going to tell, right? How good the deal is. But with, with, you know, the PFL. So he said something along the lines about like, you know, their ratings aren't great. They don't, they don't really, they're not really selling out huge arenas and stuff like that. Um, so you, you have to wonder, I mean, he used the, he used the term burning cash that he did say. And, and, you know, in my mind, I'm almost like, yeah, you know, like for, for Ngannou, that's great. But long-term, especially if you're not going to have him fight anytime soon, because, you know, it's supposed to be boxing first at some point this year and then MMA next year, you know, it's like, are, are the fans and the promotion going to get their money's worth? Um, I hope so. You know, because it would it would definitely be great for the sport. I think it's competition is always good for business, and it, it, it be, and the sport is a business as as much as as you know we'd like to look at the, the look at it the way Henry Cejudo looks at it. But you know, it's still a business, and and um and I mean, but like him being an Olympian and stuff like that. But yeah, I um I I wasn't I wasn't too surprised. Now I I just want to see what do you, what do you do now with it? You know. They had all those guys pop for PEDs thus far for this. You know, it's not a great, it's not a great look for them. Uh, I know Don Davis spoke at the Qatar uh, economic forum, whatever it is today. So I don't know if that's just them trying to get more funding for future, you know, business stuff like, or whatever that they have doing in the future. That's on YouTube. And I mean, to watch that at some point, maybe over the weekend to find out what he said there as, as far as a PFL goes, but you know, I hope I hope that it's not one of those things where it sinks them because I do like the PFL format, you know. Like I, I hope Engano doesn't wind up being more cost, you know. Uh, I hope Engano delivers, gives them the return on their investment. That's what I hope. Well, yeah, I mean, the if he doesn't fight, then obviously I don't think he's going to. Then they don't. I don't think it's all just guaranteed money, but maybe mm-hmm. I don't understand that. I so. I don't think it's going to sink PFL. Uh, PFL apparently has backers like mm. quite, a, you know, that are talking hundreds of yeah, they, they got Hollywood money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't think even if, you know, even if you give hit, even if Ngannou flushes you $10 million, it really shouldn't sink you. It's not like they have a really high, a high payroll. I don't think they have a lot of overhead while they're not selling a lot of tickets there. It's not like they're, you know, renting out the, the T-Mobile arena either. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think they really push to sell tickets. It seems like it's pretty casual as far as um, them really trying to push the live product as opposed to just the TV uh, being on ESPN <clears throat> and, and running that. You know, uh, again, not to sound negative, but I think facts are facts when it comes to certain things. Like to hear the UFC, you know, talk about him them burning cash and stuff. So perhaps they're going through some cash to get established, but. The, you know, in the history books, the UFC kind of bragged about falling like $50 million in the hole um, mm. and then having to rebuild out of that. And that was part of the cost of establishing yourself and, and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, a lot of times you got to lose money to make money and, and that time will tell on that. But I don't know if that's something you necessarily bash them about if, if they're spending some money to try to have a better product. Um, 
Well, you have to look at where it's coming from, too. I mean, of course they're going to bash him. They lost. Yeah, no, I, that's the thing. And that was another thing I was going to say is like, as far as who won this, mm-hmm. time will tell how much Ninganu, time will tell how much PFL, but I can tell you who didn't win at all. And that was the UFC. The UFC mm-hmm. lost the best heavyweight on the planet. They lost a potential dream fight in, in Ninganu and John Jones. Um, I don't, you know, they'll write the history books. So they're going to manipulate how, how, how this is, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, kind of documented. But for the most part, any, you know, People are going to have to recognize Ngannou. I mean, now you're going to have the UFC fans that we've talked about and stuff, but the, it's you can't disregard the fact that he demolished the guys that John Jones is kind of refusing to even go through the ranks of fighting. You know, it's it's like pick and choose Stipe. Mm-hmm. You know, Blades obviously just lost, but you know he's still a top five heavyweight. And Ngannou finished him twice. Um, you know, the Pavlovich is the new blood. John Jones seems to not even acknowledge he exists. So it, it, I think the hardcore fans are certainly going to always recognize Nganu right now as the linear champion. And until he gets upset or something, and then people just go, okay, well, obviously the best heavyweights in, in the UFC now. Then mm-hmm. until we get back to that point, I don't I don't know. The UFC doesn't win. They lost. They, they got outbid for a, a, a superstar. Uh, you know, maybe not a superstar financially. We're gonna, that'll be again. That'll be wait to be seen. But mm-hmm. you know, I I just don't. You know, I know the pay per views and all that stuff. But I just feel like you do better off if you just try to get on like a big television channel and and run Ninganu on. You know, you know, ABC owns owns you know Disney just like you know UFC gets on ABC because they have a deal with espn so i you know i that would be the angle i'd try to be going i'd try to be going to get out there i don't know who you're going to get him to fight um and they're talking there's no real early time frame for it but he hadn't fought in 18 months in the ufc that was the other thing Mm -hmm. dana white like we don't do that kind of thing like you fight here well no you don't because nigano didn't fight for 18 months under your banner so he know he you you don't you don't you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) him going to the pfl and taking another year off is you know well, we missed one fight in the UFC. Mm-hmm. He was going to fight once every 18 months. I mean, you know, and, and he'll get a boxing match. It won't, it might not be Fury. It might not be Wilder, but he's going to get one. You know, he's going to get paid money. He'll get paid more than he would have got paid in the UFC. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's, I, I think it's good for the sport. And like I said, I, I just support the guy for apparently. And then the thing he did for his opponent uh, looks like a $2 million minimum purse. Yeah. I mean, what else can you say about that? You're going to have people trying to drop out of the UFC. This is going to be a yeah. fierce situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, with, yeah. With the affliction money, trying to, trying to. Oh yeah, it's a good. That's a good comparison. Day. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Arlovsky and Silva both got nearly, you know, million dollar paydays. You know, telling the UFC they want out and and challenging themselves. So it'd be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, I just, I just feel like the. I know, I, I know he had some surgery or something too. So I, I know that's part of the delay in him seeing him fight at, at whatever point, but um, I don't know. I just feel like uh, making us wait till 2024 for an MMA fight for a guy that, like you said, that hasn't fought in 18 months, that's going to take a little, um, you know, people are going to forget that, that like you said, I mean, he was the best heavyweight, he, you know, baddest man on the planet, whatever you want to call him, you know, especially, especially sports fans, especially now the way they are, you know, it, it's, it's, it's his stock, you know, drops a little the less you see him in action um I mean, this is all news otherwise it's just all talking and it's just all it's just all talking i mean we're in a weird space with uh you know but you know when you and i sat, sat in front of madison square garden for ufc 205 um i don't think this is where we thought mma was gonna be the way that it is now but um that's that's like the the double-edged sword of you know the sport finally getting to where we always wanted it to be. Now that the, now now we just have these weird these weird fights happening and and crazy news and the gimmick boxing MMA versus bo- like there's so much so much that we didn't see coming that that now now we're here and it's like it's um you you have you have a lot of choices of, of stuff to watch and wait for and I think they know that too they just had they just they're just looking to see what sells the most. You already got. I mean, Dana White's already talking about uh, Tyson Fury and and John Jones doing something, a la McGregor Mayweather. So, who knows? <laughs> he says that days after he says they don't do gimmick matches. Yeah, oh. you know. I mean, it's just it's hard to like 
and I don't care. I, I think it's funny that what Dana White says. I think he's actually kind of funny because he's he's just talking so much shit and and so much gibberish. <laughs> I, what I what I really think is funny is the people that hear it and and are still so blinded by the fact that they don't think that they're they think they're being told like that's the truth and it's like I, it's it's bizarre to me. It's a weird it's a weird uh, level of brainwashing in a, in a sense. But, yeah. Uh, but you know. On a on a good note for the UFC, um, you know, International Fight Week's not too far away down the corner. Uh, not, you know, good card. I know a lot of people are in love with it. Um, I wouldn't say I think it's missing a huge top heavy main event. Uh, Rodriguez yeah. Volkanovski is leaves a little bit, uh, leaves me a little wanting a little bit more. Um, name name wise, I guess. Uh, but it looks like June. July 29th, UFC 291, uh, might be the actual summer, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, summer party. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, while the UFC doesn't do gimmick fights, they decided to also <laughs> the BMF title um, for a fight that is a rematch, a couple years in the making, uh, and, and a fight that is obviously, I don't care what you want to call it, um, a fight that is a can't miss. Yeah, uh, fight. Talk uh, about a bad motherfucking fight. That that is that's definitely just, one. Justin Gagey, uh, Dustin Poirier, uh, two. two. Salt Lake City on a card that uh, honestly, I, I is the card that makes me want to go to a fight again. Uh, loving yeah. everything I see about that card from top to bottom so far. Um, I will not be going to Salt Lake City due to some other uh, stuff around that time, <laughs> but. Um, but man, uh, I know that that had to uh, make your day when you saw your boy Gage. Oh yeah, not only, yeah. A, not only a main event, but a, a rematch main event against uh, another. And, stud. and what he wanted, you know, when he when he did the fight against Fiziev, you know, he was open about it afterwards. He was like, you know, I, I did the company the, the favor they wanted me to do this. I took this fight. I did what you wanted me to do. He's like, now I'm not fighting anyone ranked underneath me. I either want a title shot or I want a, I want Poirier or Oliveira again. And here we are. We got he's got Poirier again. The funny thing about it is when that when before it was official, and and I, I forget where Dustin Poirier said it, but when they said that's one of your potential next fights, he actually said that's a fight that makes me nervous. So that's coming from you know somebody that beat him, and you know that 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 started making me think about Eddie Alvarez, who also beat him, but also says he would never fight him again because of how how what the experience of fighting Gaethje just seems to. I mean, like, yes, I'm a fan of Gaethje. I'm a big fan of Gaethje. Big fanboy of, of Justin Gaethje. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows it. Guys that train with me know it. Um, like, I'm literally like, and if I haven't seen the odds yet, I don't even know the opening odds for it. But um, the the formula for winning Justin Gaethje is to have him as an underdog, and the fact that he lost to Poirier, they're going to get at it again. He's probably going to be the underdog, and and this all to me just calculates to him to him. Bringing his best self, Justin Gaethje is is uh, is a, is a different type of athlete, and he's a different animal for this sport. And and uh, I I I wish that I that should be if they could move that up to the to International Fight Week, that would definitely make me go there in a minute. But uh, like you said, I, I I might have to find a way to get to Sioux Falls <laughs> or Salt Lake City. Yeah, or, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm just <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just like Jesus. It's 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 uh it's that's definitely the, the if there's gonna be a peak UFC fight for for the summer, for me that's it, hundred percent. Well, you mentioned Sioux Falls real quick, so let's just jump into yeah. the announcement of Lencioni versus uh, Gallagher. Uh, they uh, fight in Sioux Falls for Bellator. Yeah. So uh, I don't but, know why uh, I said that. That's probably why I said that because <laughs> it was that's another. Mind. That's a, yeah. That's, fight, a, that's another great fight. I mean, they're both submission guys. I mean the. I would imagine they're going to cancel out the, the each other's uh, grappling and, and try to see who's got the better striking um, between the two of them. My only concern is I like really like both fighters. I've spoken to both fighters. I like both fighters a lot. Um, but I, I my only concern is the, the you know Gallagher's injury prone. You know I, I hope he's uh, he can stay fresh enough for for this fight not to fall apart, especially with this being part of Lencioni's kind of. You know, this is what like what his third fight back into to full swing MMA because he t- he took the stint to be a uh, become a father and and you know do um 
combat uh, jujitsu and stuff like that. So, um, ah, it's a, it's a good fight too, man. I mean, there's a lot of good uh, MMA out there. You don't you don't just have to watch the UFC like we always say. No, but yeah, jumping back to to Gagey Poirier. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, um, Poirier will be the favorite. I'm sure he'll be like I think like a minus one sixty favorite. I mean, coming out just based off the fact the previous history of the fight, um, and uh, but man, I, I what a fight! Uh, one of the few fights that you could do a, a non uh, non title main event for. Although they they got the the gimmick belt uh, apparently on the line with the mm-hmm. retirement of uh, Jorge Masvidal. Man, uh, yeah, I, I think that that would be the one. Uh, that's the one to go to this summer, but um, you know that the, the, it's crazy that they they have a, the 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 fight card the way that they got it laid out right now. I mean, I've had people already asking me about that event, which is which is pretty wild in itself uh, for just some event, you know, three months down the line. Um, but uh, so I'm just checking really quick. I'm on odds checker, um, motherfuckers that didn't hire me. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to see. Uh, because they usually post odds from everybody, so there's some early odds up, and as of right now, they have uh, Gaethje is the underdog plus 106, Poirier is uh, minus 120, so that's so even the, closer. It's a coin mm-hmm, flip, mm-hmm. interesting. That's as of right now, I mean, that's July 20th, May 24th, so. <laughs> it's just a hell of a fight. I mean, even just to keep thinking about it, that's that's a that's a fun fight. That so the funny thing about that is, uh, what's there's a boxing. It's Spence and um, uh, is this what's Crawford called? and Spence? Spence Crawford? Yeah, potentially that night. Yeah. So and people are already talking about what are you going to watch? What what are you going to watch? Honestly, you're these guys have delivered before. They always deliver when they fight, you know, as far as, as far as like my value, if I'm going to buy a pay-per-view, you know, people are talking about which one are you going to watch? Are you going to buy both? You know, there's two screeners or, or other means, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, what, which, which, where, who are you going to give your Saturday night to that night? I mean, obviously we lean MMA. So, you know, that's where I'm, I mean, for me personally, obviously that's where I'm going. Justin Gaethje, you know, I'll, I'll watch that. I'll watch that kid fight all, all every day, all day, but. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. not gonna lie. That's a hell of a boxing match, dude. I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll be I'll be watching both. It would be hard for me to pick one or the other mm-hmm. um, because they both uh, the the boxing match has like legacy meaning. Yeah. While the UFC fight has kind of is just more of like okay, like it doesn't really matter who wins. It doesn't really matter who loses. I mean, aside from you being a huge fan of either one of the guys, like just as as a casual observer, somebody who just wants to see a a you know, a brawl, you expect to get, you know, the Gotti mm-hmm. Ward kind of, uh, you know, battles out of, out of both of those guys. And, um, you know, it, but it will be interesting because Gagey has kind of backed off in his last few fights as far as being just the, you know, the, the hair on fire <laughs> lunatic. He's kind of, <laughs> back that's, a that's bit. also his worst part about him is because that's been kind of like why he's lost too. You it's know? his downfall for sure, <laughs> but it's also what brings upon the like, you know, just, <laughs> just squashings of people, you know, um, you know, physically heavy beat to, you know, he beat the living hell out of for, for, uh, what three rounds, I guess it was. I, so, I always, I always think of that. I laugh because I think about that clip of, you know, between rounds when he beat Ferguson and he's, he's about to go nuts into his, you know, the, the, the craze of the battle that they're in it. <laughs> and, uh, his coach is like, calm down, goddamn. This is what he's like. You always do this to yourself. Calm down, because he knows he's like, if you put your mind there, you're just gonna throw the whole fight away because you want to throw your whole your skeleton at the guy. <laughs> but no, that's wild. It's different. He's a different cat. That's for, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, I no, love it. I love that's yeah. why everyone loves watching him fight. I mean, you know, even if he loses, he's gonna get some kind of bonus. <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, you, it seems like a can't miss fight. Yeah. It, 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 which is makes more. That's why it's weird that you'd hold off on something like that and keep it from fight week because I, I think, yeah, I think fight week you would want that. You know, the the whole theory behind fight week is that there's all this other stuff going on and then it it caps off with the main event of the UFC pay per view. So mm-hmm. it would seem to me that you that that the potential fireworks of that fight would be. Yeah. Uh, would be a no-brainer but speaking of just i mean because we're catching up on stuff because we had we had missed a couple of weeks in may 
you know, it's uh, again, we're recording on the 24th. The new season of Ultimate Fighter starts next week. Um, do you really think we get? I mean, is there, is there any part of you that that has like a a, a gut feeling that we're not going to get Chandler versus McGregor? Um, I think it happens. I don't think it's going to happen as soon as people want it to happen. I think mm. we're looking at the end of the year at best. Mm. Um, I, uh, but I think it will happen. I, um, yeah, I, I think it'll happen. I think McGregor's got too big of an ego to walk away mm. um, and not and have to live with the just the walking away kind of thing and the, the amount of trash talk that would that would go with it um i think i don't think he would walk away and obviously chandler wants that fight more than yeah. more than anything just because it's going to be the financial uh you know bag that he, that he can, needs, you know yeah. that, he, that he can wrap up his <laughs> career with essentially yeah. but um, he's been a multiple champ time champion and i mean it'd be nice for him to get a ufc belt one day but i mean the the damage he's taken thus far since he's been in the ufc I think has been pushing him further away from that. But the the funny thing about the, the the six degrees of separation between the fight we just talked about and, and this fight, upcoming fight with them two, is that they asked Dustin Poirier who he thought he would win, and he 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 thinks McGregor wins too because of you know obviously that left hand. If the leg doesn't really affect him, he thinks McGregor's timing and his striking would would be a problem for Chandler. And I, and when he's when he said that, somebody posted a highlight of all of um, Chandler getting dropped in early rounds against everyone he's fought in the UFC. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, like, I mean, if McGregor's coming in, you know, at, at his best, I, I could definitely see that happening with them too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when we talked about this fight months ago, that was mm-hmm. kind of my thing was that I, I was kind of leaning more, right. more yeah. um, just because of his straight, straight punches and, mm-hmm. um, and, and the deterioration in a sense of, uh, of, Chandler physically over the years, and I mean, his chin and everything. I mean, you can't go through that many wars, but but with also that said, like McGregor's been dropped too, so it's not like you know, I'm not so sure that if he gets you know, if Chandler catches him, he's just gonna go down just as easy. So it'll be interesting. I think Chandler has to go out there using his wrestling, um, which we talk it, about, or at least the heavy threat of it, because yeah. that, that, that'll be what'll what'll get Connor off of his game. Oddly yeah. enough, the the odds, the early odds, because I still have the, the odds checker tab up, so I figured I said, let me look. Um, they both have uh, they both have them as uh, minus. Hold on, so McGregor's minus one ten and Chandler's minus one hundred five. So they have it even, which is kind of weird right off the. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I don't think that's terrible odds to be honest. I mean, I'm not sure mm-hmm. how it's going to unfold. I just, you know, but and, and I'm giving more credence to like what McGregor looked like, you know, at UFC 205 mm-hmm. as opposed to what he's going to look like at, you know, UFC 305 or whenever the hell this ends up happening. Um, so that that's that's true, but you know, I it's it's a, I wish the fight would have happened a couple of years ago. I, it's one of those kind of for mm. me, and and when the night rolls around, obviously I'll be excited for it, but um, yeah, but. but Right now, like it's 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 kind of, yeah. I guess let's wait and see. I mean, you know, it'll be interesting to see the what McGregor looks like when fight time comes around. Knowing, and I, I think I saw, why he's taking two years off. I think I saw somewhere somewhere where Eddie Alvarez had uh, advice for Chandler because of the history Chandler and Alvarez have together, and he he could and him having you know fought talking about two hundred five. Him having fought and lost to McGregor, I mean, he he was telling him to wrestle him, and I'm like, I feel like that's a that's a no brainer when you think about fighting McGregor, just because of even if you look at the fight uh, against uh, from UFC 189 against Chad Mendez, the wrestling was still successful for Mendez. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the cardio and those those body shots that McGregor delivered with the with the with the front the 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 back kicks the the front or the front snap kicks to the gut and, and uh, you know helped tired uh mendez earlier but i think that's when we saw the blueprint of you know um the hole in mcgregor's um i don't want to say the hole in his grappling because he again that fight also showed how uh, when he knows who he's fighting how well he drills for his opponent so i don't i don't want to say that, that there's holes in his game because when mcgregor is uh you know I, and i did watch two episodes of his, his netflix thing but it, it, it was also it serves as a good reminder as to when he when he's dialed in, he definitely like you know, 
he does his homework to the point that that he 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 makes his training uh he designs the training that he does uh to to for the man that he's got you know he signed a contract against and he, i think that's one thing that mcgregor never gets enough credit for is how methodical he gets when it comes to uh an upcoming fight you know everybody pays attention to the to this guy <laughs> and they never pay attention to the you know all the stuff he does in the training room so um yeah plus he's i mean you can't you can't, you can't deny what he's done for the sports uh you know yeah no i mean obviously his weakness has always been the wrestling that mm-hmm. was always this is potential kryptonite obviously some guys choose to use it i i don't know if i think that chandler will not go out there and throw like a maniac um mm-hmm. i kind of think that he will uh, despite having the wrestling mm. advantage. Uh, but, you know, it, it kind of, you know, are you willing to win ugly or, would you, <laughs> you know, would you rather yeah. lose in a spectacular fight? So it's, it's a good way to put it. It's kind of like, you know, a lot of guys don't like to want to, you know, they don't want to be win ugly. And uh, mm. they go out there with a game plan that's, you know, at least questionable to us. You know, I'm not a professional fighter. You're not a professional fighter, but, when you you know we've seen several cases where you know dudes who have what appears to be a huge favor you know advantage on the ground uh like to stand and bang so mm-hmm. um but you know so it's, it's another good potential fight it's another i mean it's a money-making main event uh for the ufc down the line um you know so you you, you know hopefully we get it Hopefully we get it this year. You got this, Gagey. You know, you do got the International Fight Week, which has some very, very good fights. Um, I'm excited for Blakovich and uh, and and Pahea at 205, uh, the co-main event for the for the Gagey Poirier fight. To me, that's like that's a fight that gets me gets me fired up. Uh, a couple mm-hmm. of bigger guys, um, and, and uh, an interest. Just to me, it's an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting fight with a, with a couple guys who who have some characters and um, and, and you know and puts together uh, something good. Kevin Nicholson chiming in here. Uh, when Chandler fought Primus in, Primus in uh, 2018, he suffered nerve damage from the low mm-hmm. leg kicks. I think he had a similar but less severe issue with Gagey a couple years back. McGregor needs to exploit that. That's, obvi- that's, that's, that's yeah. obviously there. Um, yeah, we were both present for that too when that happened. I think, right? When weren't you? Didn't you? Didn't you come to the garden? Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for sure. For the for the yeah. Chandler. Uh, um, but uh, you know, I don't know if you heard uh, Kevin, but uh, you know, McGregor broke his leg <laughs> in his last fight. <laughs> that might be a bit of a problem too. Coming yeah, back I, it, we'll we'll see how, how <laughs> eager eager Connor is to throw his kicks and yeah. and uh, and I mean it, it, it's. It, it's 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 all it's all set up for stand and and, mm-hmm. and wang punches, you know. Uh, but but it's boxing with MMA gloves. I mean, I feel like that actually favors McGregor. I mean, again, really, yeah, oh, it really does really for sure. Are. If you sure, if for sure, if we take away the ground potential, um, because we know McGregor's not going to take down and 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 beat up. Uh, <laughs> you know, we wouldn't expect McGregor to take down Chandler, but Kevin, we could, but Kevin, the reverse. Kevin Nicholson, since you're chiming in, uh, just I, he's a physical therapist. We've had him on the podcast in the past. Uh, really quick, just because since we know you're watching, um, what do you? How do you think, as as somebody that that's the, that with your expertise, how do you think the that uh, seeing McGregor walking around and stuff? How do you think he? Uh, how do you think he moves in in the come fight time? Like, how, how does an injury like that affect one's mobility? Like, I don't I don't even know how you would train to. I don't know. I don't even know how you would train to um to really. I mean, I'm I'm amazed when Anderson Silva did it. Chris Weidman just did a grappling match. You're just with, talking about the pure guts it takes. Yeah, to yeah, just to, to do what yeah. is necessary to win fights while knowing that you're like. like I'm you just I'm really just wondering like down. what how like 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 you know how, we've seen him doing other things training, but everyone's commenting about how big you know. Obviously, McGregor's walking around with a lot of size. Um, I'm giving I'm giving Nicholson some time to type his answer, but. Um, it's just like, I don't know, man. I just feel like with something like that, you know, like say he throws a kick and he catches, he catches Chandler's elbow. Does, does it, does it make him cringe? You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it has to, Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, the adrenaline might fight through it a little bit, but obviously, but, 
Like, there's got to be some shell shock there, especially if that happens exactly the way, like, you know, he likes to throw that 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 kick to the body, to the soft tissue, and Chandler drops that elbow right on it and catches it. That's literally how the how the damage started in the last, you know, against uh, when he had it happen against Poirier. So I'm just like, I don't know, man. I feel like, I feel like, uh, the you know, plus all the Usada stuff that they're talking about. I, I know they're, they're I know he's going to get an exemption, but you know, we'll see. Um, so here's Kevin Nicholson's answer. Uh, I think he'll be fine. The bonus stable, just a matter of strength. He may cringe, but that's probably a psych issue. Yeah. It's definitely mind over matter. I agree with that. Um, but yeah, I, I, um, I don't know, man. That's that. Uh, that's I. I want to see the fight. I hope it doesn't fall fall through. I hope. Uh, I hope the exemption paperwork goes through quickly for McGregor, so we can see it. You think they do it at one eighty five? Did you see that clip? Oh God! <laughs> I, <laughs> He's no. like, you'll do as you're told. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, Chandler can't let that happen. Chandler doesn't want to fight him at one eighty five. Chandler's a lightweight who's already mm. ballooned up at one seventy. Like, well, I mean, they both are, but, you know, one of them's taking two and a half years off to, mm-hmm. to juice, uh, <laughs> and get right. It is, it is what yeah. it is. It is what it is. Yeah. I, 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 nobody can tell me different. I will never believe anybody if they told me that he, he just decided to, you know, take a two year sabbatical from, from drug testing and not do drugs. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that seems the performance enhancing crazy. kind, not the other ones that are fairly obvious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, they allow them to do those, so <laughs> you wouldn't have to drop out of the test. That's right. Those. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I good fight. Hopefully, it happens. I think it'll happen. I think it'll happen probably the end of December, maybe Vegas. Yeah. Expect uh, a lot of uh Ultimate Fighter chat when we when we uh, you know, obviously the season's gonna start next week, and we'll be you know when we're recording stuff. So, um, but we'll get some guests lined up too. I mean, again, we're out. We're out of our crazy season of shit happening so we'll start getting some guests lined up this summer and uh you know in the meantime you'll have to uh deal with my audio interviews from uh that i have for this upcoming expectation sports event yep 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 so yeah uh pay attention to the interview after this show uh ed picks up uh with raz hilton follow the show at combat hour on twitter coast to coast combat hour on instagram follow me matthew hawkins at mma twitter <laughs> at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram. On MMA Twitter. <laughs> you're, you're, you're popping up Kevin's, uh, Kevin's comments on the screen while I'm trying to trying to go through the rundown. Uh, so yeah, MMA Hawk 21, you'll find me. Uh, follow Ed at Carbazel on Twitter. Carbazel on Instagram. Old Head Carb on Twitch. And as always, uh, allaccessmma.com. Start <laughs> video podcast, MMA news, and MMA stories. And always Have on a, MMA Twitter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sounds good, Ed. Um, next week, looking at a Thursday show. Going to have a small, mm. small adjustment, uh, schedule adjustment, uh, which I know we've had, again, like a lot of lately, but uh, I don't think this is uh, something that's going to be too common. Uh, but next Thursday, uh, we'll be fired up, ready to go again. And thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good night. Yep. Back to our regularly scheduled pro- programming somewhat. <laughs> all right uh ras hilton you're fighting for the it looks like what the uh, vacant heavyweight title at cage titans 59 next weekend that's may 27th right that is correct sir yes so um i actually have a lot of questions for you because i remember before we get into the the fight you have coming up i remember seeing you when you fought your fights at bellator um uh, they said you had a Shotokan karate background, and you were you were the, that first fight you were the underdog in, and you won, and you like a lot of people like remembered you from that fight with the with the nickname uh, Rasquatch Jamaican Shamrock, and like yes, you, you, you I feel like I, I mean tell me if I'm wrong that exposure for you from that fight I mean uh, did you see like a change in your career I know it was during COVID but like did you just like see a rise in popularity after that fight. It was, like you said, it was during COVID, and there was definitely uh, some online chatter for a while. But mm. I, uh, I don't know. I feel like all of us in the play world were really just kind of uh, stuck for a minute, you know. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, all the promotions, 
on the local and regional level basically had nothing going on. So I was, uh, I was just grateful to be working at all. Mm. And, uh, you know, obviously I only wish that things had gone a little bit differently in the second one, but it's, uh, ideally sometime after this, I'll be able to run that one back because if there had, if I didn't, if I was able to get up from that blow to the back of the head from Davion, mm. I feel that the last minute or whatever we had, I was going to be a better off in. Yeah. So, uh, it was definitely an eye opener. Uh, on the one hand, I learned good things from both fights. You know, I can get up and go on a moment's notice, and I'm willing to get up there and tangle with the, the higher echelons. I mean, Davion was basically, I mean, he's under scholarship with Bellator, and my most recent opponent, Danilo Marquez, is a full-time fighter. He's been in the game and not having to work, you know, that job plus another to keep the bills paid. So yeah. there's, it's all been building me up so that I can get to the point where I can walk off of the job site and into the cage and not see a break in who I am and what has to happen. It's it's all been for the better. Yeah, I mean, plus, like you said, the timing of it, especially if you're an a- any sort of athlete, let alone combat sports, oh, yeah. um, it's it's just rough. The fact that you were able to get, get a fight, uh, even on that platform, I mean, it, it, it was... Especially on Bellator treats people really well. I, I really enjoyed working with them. and I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm really grateful to Case Titans, and I'd like to be able to defend this belt after I take it mm-hmm. so that I really feel like I've earned the spot. But, uh, I mean, long term, I'd like to finish out my career in Bellator. And I, I'm also, I know this is completely off topic, but uh, are you aware of uh, who Dean Tool is and what Game Brand Promotions is? I've heard of Game Bread promo- Promotions, yeah. Yeah, so it's Bare Knuckle MMA. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Right now, my, like, my driving force is I want to be as good as possible at MMA because when I get old and crotchety, I want to be able to teach. But right now, like as an active fighter, I want a couple of Bare Knuckle fights. Hmm. At least. I just, you know, I'm not a boxer, so I'm not going to do BKFC. But Game Bread, Jorge Masvidal's promotion offers... Bare knuckle MMA. That's that's old school Kumite as yeah. far as concerned, and that's where I really want to be at. But you know, that's uh, that's a feather in my cap. I just want before the run's over. But right now, I'm just trying to see how high I can get and be as good as I can be. You know, it's, it's actually not really off topic that you brought that up because one of my questions is about your Shotokan karate background. That was actually one of the things when I saw that first Bellator fight uh, as an as an old karate man myself. You know, I always, I always tend to root for for the karate guys that come into MMA with a karate base. So the fact that you just mentioned that you you'd like to do bare knuckle MMA and and compared it to Kumite, just just you literally you you, uh, you open the okay. door for, for the next you, question. <laughs> so what'd you study in? I I did so I did Ishinru karate, and the funny thing is I have a. Okay. a my um, my instructor, because I have tibial torsion in my right foot, and because oh. of the way I, I would naturally stand sometimes when we were sparring, he would, he always said to me, you should have done Shotokan because you fall into their stance naturally. And um, I was just like, so I looked into it, obviously, just somebody, but I mean, there was no Shotokan around me, but that that's that's neither here nor there. I mean, we're here to talk about you. Um, but because of my, my, my own history with martial arts, the fact that uh, you know you're bringing, I've I've always, I've always admired fighters with a karate base that come into MMA because if you look back at the early days in the '90s, you know the the focus was you know to, to kind of bring jujitsu to the to the forefront. But then when yep. you when everybody adapts to everything, you make people fight your fight. And I saw that in your fights at Bellator and the fights that I've I've seen since then. So, um, is Shotokan what got you into MMA, and is that kind of like your driving force to compete in mixed martial arts? So, I'm going to see if you have one of those fun, obscure movie references. Well, actually, it might not be obscure. Did you watch <laughs> the Man movies at all? Uh, so, no, no. <laughs> no, I have. I know about them all, but I haven't watched all of them. I watched the no. first one, and that was it. 
Okay, no, that's fine. It's just uh, it would have been faster for context, but essentially, um, I think it's the third one where they show like the early life of Vietnam Key and how he met the guy who was ostracized from the Wing Chun Federation that Iman was currently uh, involved with in his younger years. And when they had this little sparring match in the guy's shop, uh, he pulls off some moves that don't come out of traditional Wing Chun. And the, the young Ip Man says so. He's like, wait, that's Wing Chun? Like, question mark? Like, really? That's what you're giving me right now? Mm-hmm. Old man just gives him this funny little grin. He says, everything that comes from my fist is Wing Chun. Hmm. Now, the way I interpreted that and the way that it reflects on the question you're asking is that, yes, Shotokan brought me to the dance. And I've also belted in Taekwondo and Kempo. So there's like this whole intermingled history in Southeast Asia when it comes to Okinawa and their place, bringing Shurite into the mix of what was happening at that point and over the consecutive couple of centuries there, that all kind of, like if you look at Taekwondo, if you look at Kempo, if you look at Shotokan, you see similar stances, strikes, kicks, Mm -hmm. and so on because of how everybody influenced everybody else around there. So all that to say, being a Dragonfire martial arts, being able to kind of bring all of my martial arts history chronologically and then intermingle it. And now with Che Shindo, he comes, uh, Master Che, who taught John Panette, who's teaching me now at the Chase Striking Academy, mm-hmm. also same Korean slash uh, Shotokan background. And now where I've come to the point where I'm such a huge history nerd and I followed all of these different historical paths and I've been kind of walking the techniques through history as well, I feel like everything that comes from my fist is Shotokan. Hmm. So I may be in a modern, messy form of it, but I there are kata principles, there are bunkai, you know, that play directly into how I strategize for the cage. And now learning under John Panette, the Che Shindo, it's it's a more hybridized sport form of that Korean slash Okinawan martial arts mm. history playing itself out in the cage here. And the way that it puts me in a position to utilize the rest of the skill set that you need for MMA. I can go straight to my wrestling. Mm-hmm. I can trip to my jujitsu, sweep to mount, and then continue to pound from there, or get up and separate and get back to distance again. There's, there's all of it comes from the same place in my mind. So I may be playing in the competitive kumite portion of my martial art right now, but who I am and how I operate is very show to come. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I want to say I, I remember that from that the fight that I saw in Bellator. Again, like that was my first fight of yours that I watched, so I, I'm sorry I keep going back to that, but that's that's how no, I... That's, please, don't apologize, because that actually is a decent reference point. Like, I, ha- I had someone... Uh, I actually didn't fight that fight the way I should have, I'm being completely honest, hmm. because I expected the Rudy that was more forward aggressive. And you saw it. During that time in my career, I was used to dealing with people who were constantly putting pressure forward. So all I had to do was kind of play bullfighter. And then Mm -hmm. during those fights, I was in a big cage and I was dealing with guys who, strategically anyway, were more timid than I planned for. And I did not make the adjustments to start advancing. Mm in the way that I should have, honestly, right out of the gate. And that's been the major shift for me over the last year or so, is getting to really embody those basic fundamentals. Be first, destroy the weapon, control mm-hmm. the dis- ring generalship. These are concepts that we talk about in point sparring, but it applies directly to Kumite and when it has to into a real life fight. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, yeah, don't feel bad about referencing that because <clears throat> I started, uh, 
and I may have put my head forward to him, but I still use basic ring generalship principles to mm. carry through those rounds and win enough time that even when he did finally get me on my ass, I was still against the cage, maintaining my posture and elbowing him in the side of the head because mm-hmm. until I'm done, I'm not done. Yeah. That, that's the one thing I want people to remember about me as a fighter is, I mean, look at my last fight. It was a loss. I got choked out in round two or three. I can't remember which one it was, but I didn't tap. Mm-hmm. I screwed up, but my goal is to either finish my opponent or make it so difficult for them to finish me that they never want to touch me again. Um, just a training question because of everything you just told me. So how, yeah. how difficult is it for you? Because obviously for someone that loves the history of, of, of all the arts that you've studied and the tradition of it, do you ever find it difficult to kind of like uh, humble yourself and put on the white belt and, and focus on wrestling, submission defense and stuff like that? so funny you should ask that because even in my early days uh, I went 3-0 and as an amateur mm-hmm. and the first gym that I started at up here was Dragonfire Martial Arts Traditional Shotokan but the first MMA gym that I went to was First Class Fitness and MMA mm-hmm. um, the head coach up there the business owner John Rayo is a wrestler and he actually had a, uh, he had a Bellator fight as well, but he, one of the best compliments that I ever got from him was that, was to have him recognize that at the end of each fight, I was the first one to bring up something wrong that I had done. It doesn't matter. Okay. I can't say that it matters win or lose, but it matters more to me that I don't have a fight where I can't walk away saying something should have gone better. Mm-hmm. My from my shortest fight to my longest fight, multiple things that I can point out that I needed to learn from and I needed to do better with. So I I don't I think that losing that white belt mindset is one of the biggest weaknesses that come from higher level fighters because yeah. I mean look at <laughs> Look at the rise and fall of Conor McGregor. Yeah. Came up on air, was on his game, and then once he once he fully embraced what his ego was telling him, instead of utilizing the ego as the tool that it is, mm. you start to see that shift, you start to see the losses, the, the boxing match happened, the all the dumb stuff started. Mm. And there was that there was that very obvious before and after that I think should stand out as a stark reminder to the rest of us. Mm-hmm. A, you leave that white belt at home and you don't bring it to the gym, you don't bring it to the cage, you are risking everything. It's like why I have that stance on weight cutting that I do where I just try to counsel people to not do it because every time you do a dehydration weight cut, it doesn't matter if you got 36 or 48 hours or because you don't have 48 hours. But anyway, you can't be 100% on point in the time frame from weight cut to fight day. Hmm. Your risk has, ex- has increased exponentially when it comes to concussive damage, when it comes to your renal system long term and all that other wonderful healthy stuff that, you know, we know this but there's that but because it's an advantage, it is utilized and because it is monetized, it is yeah. necessary for so many people to be able to get to where they had to fit into a smaller weight class mm. in order to move forward. Well man, I mean I didn't real I didn't know I didn't know you were gonna be this deep, uh <laughs> just because of like again, as somebody that, that does lo- have love for old school martial arts, I just I love where your head is coming from for, for this uh just in general. Um, well, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Man. Yeah, I, I know a lot of folks don't these days, but it's definitely something that I I, I could talk for hours about. Uh, just everything you're talking about, especially what you just mentioned about weight cutting, and uh, you know uh, the white belt mindset and all that. I mean, as somebody that I went from Ishinru to uh, you know I only got a brown belt in Ishinru, and then I switched to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, got my black belt in that. But you know, I always even when I teach classes now, when we do the stand up stuff, I make sure I throw a little at least some self-defense stuff from my Ishin Rude days in there because it's it's something that um, 
I think everybody just needs to remember that martial arts is actually, you know, it wasn't always just a sport. It was it, it was meant for, you know, saving your own life. Yeah. But um, anyway, uh, your uh, your upcoming opponent, uh, looking forward at Cage Titans. I mean, uh, everything you just told me, you're, you've underlined your own wealth of experience. I mean, he's 3-1. I know he's kind of like the Cage Titans guy, and, and you're coming in. Um, it seems like it, it, the matchmaking seems like it's either they, they think they're setting him up to, to their guy to win or, or he, he's got a really experienced and, uh, I mean, you're, you're six foot six, right? You're pretty big too. Um, how do you feel like you match up against your opponent, Brendan Battles? Um, I just, it on paper, it just seems like the experience is, uh, Oh, seems dumb, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was trying to find a nice way to say it. <laughs> Be honest, it's fine. Like yeah. on paper, it does seem dumb. Like, <laughs> but I mean, you got to look at it from his perspective and why he would say yes is I'm just barely getting past being a 500 fighter. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a long list of bodies, but it's nine and seven. So percentage wise, I'm sure that him and his can't feel better, and it being a smaller cage, he. Even though he has a short record, he was a D1 level athlete. Like, he wrestled all through high school. He wrestled and did football in college. Like, the D1 scholarship that he got was for football. And they wanted him on the team based just on what they knew about him as a wrestler. Mm-hmm. There's, he's got just as much time in wrestling, probably, or at least, you know, a significant amount of years, at least 10 to 15 in wrestling. That's not something that you just sneer at. I mean, he had two fights way back when, and now he's on a two-fight win streak, and he wants to find out in a very similar way. Like, we may have – he may have a different way of putting it, but I feel like him and I have that space where we see eye to eye. Mm -hmm. I'm not looking – at any of the information that has to do with his record is anything other than tactical knowledge. And he's doing the same for me. We want to know that we can step out into that cage and deal with whatever happens. Because it's like when I was talking about ego earlier. Ego is an absolutely necessary tool to do what we do. It's what it's what is the difference between the... 15 to 30 people in the locker room and the 10,000 people outside in that stadium. There's, there's something fundamentally necessary to be able to know in your own mind that when you step in there, you have the answer that is required. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, we've got experience and time on the mats and all this stuff that says that it is logical and reasonable but before any of this stuff ended up on paper and other people saw it, it was in our minds and it was in who we are that said, yep, that's a way that I think is good to exist in the world. Hmm. So I think that a lot of people are looking at this and sleeping at one side on the other. The people who think that Brendan is getting a gimme with just a journeyman fighter are underestimating the fact that I am dedicated to making sure that whatever martial art I end up with at the end of this road, Mm -hmm. the most effective thing that I can make. And I'm willing to put myself in front of that man in order to prove that I'm right. And on the flip side of that, people who are sleeping on Brendan are forgetting the fact that D1 level athletes are a sub 10% of the population Mm -hmm. you don't just get there you earn that spot against people who have been struggling their entire lives to put in the work to earn that spot that scholarship represents a lot of money Mm -hmm. and a lot of trust that somebody decided to put in you for that position so yeah i may have the striking game down on lock but he's evolving he's learning and he still comes from a base that is technically more sound for the arena that we're about to step into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I wish more people would take from it and why I understand why some fighters get annoyed hearing things that you do out of the audience. But the fact is you've got to have some experience and some knowledge in order to really get why this is a good matchup. 
Light bulb air is not an idiot, and he didn't just say, oh, let's see what happens. He doesn't have the favorites here. Mike yeah. wants to see a fight just like everybody else, and those guys know that he and I are both dangerous fighters, and it's going to be a banger right out the word, right out the gate, right on the word go. Both of us are in here with something to prove, families that we don't want to get embarrassed in front of, hmm. and higher crowd that we're looking to impress. we got places to go from here. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a great, great way to what you just said is a great segue to, to my last question. Um, if you, if you win the title, uh, what's, uh, what's next for you? What long term for the rest of your fight career from this point forward? Like say you win the title, what, what, what do you, what do you want to happen next? Well, uh, as I alluded to earlier, uh, ideally I'm going to win and then defend the title because I'm, I'm in that camp that says, you know, you got to defend the title and then it's really yours. Mm -hmm. um, beyond that, uh, yeah, I need to get in a bare knuckle match or two before I'm done. I, uh, <laughs> I started off watch when I was a teenager in Florida watching bootleg DVDs of Kimbo Slice running around in backyards and ending up in places like that just so I could get a taste. Mm -hmm. And I got into more traditional martial arts deeper and deeper as I got older. I saw that you need to be able to really understand what it is, what a martial art is through its aspects of tradition and form and having a good uh, rubric, you know, a good syllabus. Mm -hmm. That's what katas are. You're building out a syllabus of what your material is, your however many techniques. And you need to be able to dissect that and with authority be able to teach people what it is that you have. This is your tradition. This is teaching you your material. Mm -hmm. This competition. This is how we do this. And this is your street-level fight-to-the-death technique. And here's why these techniques belong in these areas. I, I am looking to put my foot down and let whoever comes next know that whatever spot I'm in is mine. Like, I live in Maine, um, here in Sopo, but whatever cage I'm in is mine. Whatever belt there is on the line is mine. And I, I actually, I, I like Brendan. He's a good guy. We've, um, you know, I, I wanted to be able to train it in Fall River with regiment for my next camp. But, uh, you know, in the Northeast, there's not really many heavyweights. And eventually, you either, uh, you start losing out on fight opportunities or you say yes to the opportunities in front of you. So, mm -hmm. uh, like I said, this is not a fight to sleep on and think that either one of us has it easy. It's heavyweight, so anybody yeah. could But we're both bringing our best selves to this. I'm just convinced that no matter what anybody has for me, I'm going to get in their face and make them start failing before I do. And... I'm just going to put my foot down. This belt's mine. I want to defend it. I want some bare-knuckle action. Mm -hmm. I want to see who else I can test. I actually, I mean, after now just talking to you and you mentioning it, I wouldn't. I actually would look forward to, to seeing you in bare-knuckle. I mean, um, I know you said you, I guess you, pref do you prefer the MMA over the bare-knuckle boxing? Um, or does it matter to you? Or you just want to... Oh. I absolutely do. I mean, mm -hmm. so, fun fact, I, I cornered for uh, Chris Sorrow, who got, he and I got to be great friends for a while uh, at the start of his career, and I cornered him a couple of times. Uh, there's Bobo O'Bannon, who was on a run for the BKFC heavyweight title for a minute, and I mm -hmm. cornered him couple times as well i've had the opportunity to fight in bkfc i'm just i'm a martial artist and restricting myself mm. in the way for the goals that i have for for what i'm looking to have as a complete full body martial art i am not going to step in a competition that restricts my development for that mm. you know it's it's prioritizing goals so i definitely have that need for bare knuckle competition in the MMA world. Um, I need the full thing mm -hmm. and I've got a couple of things that I need to know 
are going to do what I need them to before I can really cement in my mind what has to happen moving forward. So, yeah, uh, it's all for me. I got a lot of things I need to learn and a short amount of time to do it in. So, you know, I'm looking to get in there, get it done, and get out. All right. Well, I, I, I certainly hope you do well. Um, thanks for making time to talk. This was actually a real treat for me. I, I had no idea you were going to be uh, – you're going to be like in that realm of uh, martial arts, like the, just the way of thinking, the way that I am. It seems like rare these days, especially the way the sport is now, um, to find guys that actually that actually have love for the old traditional arts and mixing everything together. Um, so this this was a real treat for me. I, I you know I'm, I'm freelance for Spectation Sports, so um, I might might hit you up to get you on the podcast that I do. Um, especially if you get the bare knuckle fight signed, I mean, cause we do, uh, we do cover a lot of bare knuckle stuff, but, um, yeah, this was a real treat for me, Raz. I, I do appreciate you talking and, uh, I, I wish you well. I'll be watching, um, from spe- the, the spectation sports app, but, um, and I'm supposed to talk to your opponent too, whenever he gets back to me, but, um, don't worry. I don't, I don't let anything leak when I talk to, I just, I, I, I try to make like a versus column and take the best of both pull quotes from our conversations and put them together in one piece so that folks can tune in and watch the fight. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you. And, yeah, thanks for, uh, you know, I really don't, there's a lot of people who just give you platitudes and like, oh, nice, traditional, Leoto Machida, fine, fine, fine. Hmm. But there's there's a certain level of appreciation that I'm glad you have for what it is that I'm doing here. So thanks, man. Um and yeah, uh, I wasn't kidding at all. Like, I wish Brendan well. I wish we didn't have to fight, but this is this is the toughest guy around me right now. Mm-hmm. Just happens to be geographically where we're at. So yeah. we're looking. We're both looking for this. Uh, I honestly wish him nothing but the best. But uh, you know, until next weekend is over, there's 25 minutes that I'm guaranteed to have a bad day. But it's um, it's more important that what we carry forward into the future of martial arts is solid. Yeah, you know, really solid from the core. Yeah, no, I I definitely appreciate that. So, thanks again, thanks. and uh, enjoy your weekend. I know I'm glad we got to talk before fight week. I know that's usually the roughest week for you guys. So, thanks for <laughs> thanks for getting back to me so fast. Absolutely. You know- Trying to be efficient. I appreciate you taking the time to really delve in, get a get a real good uh, idea about me. And yeah, uh, good luck, have fun, man. I'll uh, I hope to talk to you soon. All right. Yes, definitely. I'll definitely be in touch, man. Because this is uh, there's more I want to get into, but you know, <laughs> um, I get. Look, you got my cell phone now. That this isn't like some office or whatever. This is my personal cell phone. So uh, whatever you want to set something up, just let me know. Same here, man. For sure, for sure, I will. Thank you again. Absolutely. Have a good night, Ed. You too. Take care. That was really fun.